Pastor Lau and Pastor Dala Haprasit would like to welcome you to the following message from New Hope International Church in Seattle, Washington. Here is Pastor Lau's anointed teaching that will change your life with love, hope, and peace in Jesus Christ. And now, Pastor Lau. I'm so thirsty. I would like to change the gear a little bit. I promise God that I will talk about family off and on in this church. There are so many topics in the Bible that I want to preach. Healing, miracles, faith, life of service, and so many things. But one of the big subjects that I want to talk about is the subject of the family. I want to talk about happy family. And definitely we're going to get into the Word of God. Let us pray. Father, we thank you so much, Lord, that we will learn from your book, the Bible, how to build a happy, successful family together, Lord. We surrender to your word. We believe your Bible, the Bible that we read, is our standard. So we open our heart to receive and open our ear to hear what the Spirit needs to say. Help us to be doers of your word, Father. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Psalm 128, verses 1 to 6. I love this passage of the scripture. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in his ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. Your wife will be like a fruitful vine within your house. And your sons will be like olive shoots around your table. Thus is the man blessed who fears the Lord. May the Lord bless you from Zion all the days of your life. May you see the prosperity of Jerusalem and may you live to see your children's children. Peace be upon Israel. I believe I need two to three Sundays to preach this message because I will go slowly. Today I would like to talk about God's plan or God's way of building a family. Statistically, we know that about half of the family in America broke down or got into big trouble. Actually, half of the people who listen to this teaching in the internet right now may have faced the breaking down of the family. At least half of the marriage end up in divorce in this society. Half, at least, of the children in this society have very little idea about having a dad at their home. And even in certain ethnic groups, more than 60% of the families are broken down. So this issue of the family breaking down is a very critical issue in our society. Many of us grew up in a very broken home. You know that churches are made up by families. And if we have miserable families or broken families, the churches will be broken and miserable. And as you know, God wants to use the church as a salt and a light to the community. So if the church is broken and messed up 
and miserable, the church cannot bless the society. So you can look back that everything is traced back to the family. How our community, how the nation of United States gonna go on. It depends on the health and the well-being of each family. This is a very critical issue in America. The breakdown of family is very critical now. If you read the headlines in the news, you can see that all the problems in the news can be traced back to the breaking down of the family, or the crime, or the problem in our society. In school, many teachers, instead of just acting like just a teacher, they have to do a segregated job of being parents to many, many children who came from a broken home. They could not do well in school. Their academic failure came from their broken home. The police department had to do the work of the ultimate disciplinary agent for society. For the generation of undisciplined young people in their homes. So people run around doing bad things because they lack good father and mother to teach them, train them, and discipline them. Therefore, this is a big issue in the society. And many of you, I don't even have to try to convince you. I try to talk for a long time how serious the breaking down of the family affects the society. Because you yourself have the first-hand experience of growing up in a broken home. I am one of them. I grew up in a broken home myself. Thank Jesus. He saved me. He changed my life. Without the Lord Jesus Christ, I would be a, not a very nice man. Because my mom and my dad didn't get along for years. They had problems. I saw them fight, hitting each other. They did not have time for me. I spent time mostly with a dog and with the football. I rarely see my dad and my mom because I came from a broken home. That's why sometimes you need to forgive me if I don't look very warm because I came from unwarm family. I have to work a lot to be a warm man. So God's still working in me. Some of you may not grow up in a broken home, but you have close friends that came from broken home. And you can see the problems in their life. As human beings, we learn about family from many sources. The first source is the family we grow up with. And that's how I learned when I was young. I did not learn from school. I learned from my father and my mother how they're so distant from each other. I learned a lot of wrong views of the family when I was growing up. For example, if your daddy is not godly, alcoholic, and abusive, you will learn that most men in the world are abusive and very ungodly. And that is your view toward your husband and your view toward God as well because God is the man of authority over you. And you will learn that, wow, men are not good. 
because that is your experience at your home, and how you treat your husband, how you treat your kids and your wife. All a lot of time came from what you learn from your family. It set the perspective, the view, and the ideas of how to run the family. I remember when I was growing up, most of the Chinese men—I came from Chinese background—rarely show emotion, and rarely say "I loved you" to the kids, and rarely hug the kids. Never, no hugging, no showing love, no saying "I loved you." So I grew up in that kind of atmosphere. When I marry Pasada, it's hard time for me to say "I loved you" because I never see that in my family. My dad never say "I loved you" to my mom. I have to change. The Holy Spirit had to knock me down and say, "Change, son. You need to say I love you to your wife and to your kids." You see, the way we grow up, we grew up in our family, really dictate who we are later on because that's what we learn from the family. The second source that we learn about family is our friends. We learn from friends. Our friend may say, "Hey, man." You're the head of the household. You're the boss. You can do whatever you want. You can slap on your wife. You can walk away. You don't need to go home. You just go with me and get drunk in a nightclub with me. So your friend may say that, or your friend may say, "Oh, now you have problem with your wife. Why don't you just leave her? Just divorce. Get out of there." Don't suffer anymore. Find another woman, and that is what you learn from your friend. That they wanted you to join them in divorce as well. You have to be very careful learning from ungodly people or your ungodly friends. The third source that you learn about family is from the media, from the movie, TV show. Unfortunately. The breaking downs of the families are a norm in the media shows. When you watch some movie, you can see a man and a woman meet each other at a st- railway station, and that night they were sleeping together. They don't have any commitment. That's what you learn. Hey, I can sleep with another person without commitment. We just have fun. Or you can learn in a movie. Have a wrong or unrealistic view about family. That a woman wake up in the morning with all the hair done, and the makeup on her face, and all the cooking, everything done very quickly without any frustration. But when you get married, you find out your wife wake up with hair out of place, no makeup, and you see her. This is not what I expect. I thought she's gonna wake up with all the hair done and all the <laughs> all the makeup on her face. Some of you watch the Disneyland movie that all this guy come in, Sleeping Beauty. He looks so handsome. He looks so nice. He is a nice guy. But when you get married, you find out that your husband is that that nice. I thought he is. A, Prince of the Sleeping Beauty, you see. So a lot of wrong information and unrealistic view and wrong view of family came through the media, and not only that, the society teach you. For example, the society will say to you like this: Hey, 
you try to avoid the hassle of the legal documentation, why don't we just enjoy and live together? And no wedding, no marriage license. Don't sign anything. Because if you sign it, you know more than 50% chance you're going to split anyway. Why sign it? Just live together for years and years and have fun. And you can spend your own money. She can spend her own money. Because if you sign a marriage certificate, hey, man, if she divorce you, you're going to have to split what you make, 50% of 60%. And you have to pay the alimony. And you have to pay for the children, raising the children. You're going to be broke. Don't sign a marriage certificate. Just live together. And this is the idea in the world because the world teaches us that it's okay to divorce. You don't expect to last. Just stay together for fun and one day you just walk away from one another. I met uh, a couple who eventually the wife became saved and the man say, I buy the car for you. I give you a nice house to live. I give you money, but I will not marry you. You just the body to entertain me. And when she got saved, she said, I could not do this anymore. She walked away from him. And she, he was so mad at God because she find out that this is not healthy to live together that way. And the last source that we want to talk about is from God. Are we going to learn from God today? But before I preach from the Bible, I want to apologize to all of you that if I make you mad and upset, please forgive me. I want to say, ask you for forgiveness right now, up front. If I say something and make you upset because you plan to divorce, please forgive me. And I want to ask you for apology beforehand. If you right now think that you can love your job more than your spouse and more than your kids and you just keep making money and don't care about your family and you hear from me and you get mad at me, please forgive me. Please forgive me if you have slept in the bed with somebody that is not your married wife or husband for many years. And God speak to you, convict you today. You cannot do that anymore. The bed of marriage has to be holy. Some of the young people here, please listen to me. Listen to the Bible. Because if you try to follow the world, you're going to be sad one day. The best way is the way of God. Amen? I'm not going to compromise anything. I'm going to say as it is, it needs to be said. And you need to learn the ideal. The ideal comes from the Bible. There are no ideals right now because we all have made mistakes. Because we have broken life. We all have some broken hearts. We see bad example in our home from our grandparents, great-grandparents. And we see a lot of messy things in the world. But the goal is to reach the standard or the ideal of God. Is that right? We should set that goal. That is the spot that we want to shoot. I want the way of God. I'm going to follow God's way. It's a bull eye that we want to hit. That is the ideal of 
happy family, and it starts from you. So let's go back to Psalm 128 verses 1 to 2 again. Psalm 128. I'm going to preach from this passage today and next week. Psalm 128 verses 1 to 2. Blessed are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His ways. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. When you continue to read verse 3 on, you can see that God talks about family. But verses 1 and 2, God talks about general people. He says, Blessed are all who fear the Lord, everybody who fear the Lord, who walk in His way. That person will eat the fruit of his labor. Blessing and prosperity will be his. So, in order to build a family, come on verse 3, you start from verses 1 and 2. What verses 1 and 2 talk about? Verses 1 and 2 talk about personal commitment to God. In order to build a happy family, both husband and wife must commit their life to the Lord. Miserable people build miserable home. Happy people build happy home. Some of you say, my home is miserable. You know, your home is miserable not because of the utensil are miserable or because the table and the chair are miserable. Your home is full of miserable atmosphere because you are miserable. And your spouse is miserable. That's why the house is full of misery, full of hardship. If you want to build a happy home, you need to be happy people, rejoicing people, people of faith, people of righteousness, people of love, people of kindness, people who look like the Lord Jesus. So the starting place of building a happy home or happy family is that we need to fix the members of the church, uh, the members of the household. Fix them first. Fix them that they need to repent and they need to get right with God and take serious about God. You need to have God as the center of your life and God as the center of your home if you want to have a happy family or happy home. When God is kicked out from your life, believe me, you will not be happy. You can be happy, peaceful, full of shalom, full of blessings and prosperity only if you Live a life that God is the center of your life. Amen? Amen. If you are Mr. Miserable, you will create a miserable wife. And if both husband and wife are miserable, you're going to create miserable children. And you wind up in miserable home. So the antidote is you need to fear the Lord. Love the Lord. So the first key to have a happy home is your personal life. Start from you personally. Don't try to fix somebody else. Fix yourself. Amen? You get to be the right man who gets right with God. 
You need to become the right woman who get right with God. You need to have God as the center of your life, so that you can be happy, blessed, and you can have a happy home. God must be the center. What does it mean? Those who fear the Lord. It means take God seriously. Everyone say, "Take God seriously." To fear the Lord means I take my God seriously. It has to do with reverencing God. It has to do to do with hold God in awe and honor. God, you are my Creator. I'm not going to play around. I'm going to obey you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to do what you say. I'm not going to play around. The Bible says that the fear of the Lord is to stand in awe before the Lord and also to hate sin. There are two kind of sin in the world. Number one, the sin of doing bad things, such as robbing, stealing, lying. Gossiping. But there are also sins of not doing the right thing. So when you talk about repentance, it's not just repenting from bad thing I do. But you need to repent of the right thing you don't want to do. So when you take God seriously, you will check with God all the time. This is wrong thing I need to stop, and this is the right thing I need to do. Two things. Amen. I remember when I was five years old, my dad called my brothers, brothers, not me. I never got spanked. My dad called my brothers, and he had a session with them. He tied them on the stairway and pulled out. I saw it with my own eyes. He said, "You're gonna do this again?" No. And he hit my brothers. Two to three times, they cry, and I noticed one thing: my brothers took my dad' instruction seriously, because they never got spanked for the same reason again. How many people want to say I take my daddy seriously? You don't want to be spanked again, is that right? You know that God can discipline people. I got disciplined before. God spanked me. So I take it seriously. I don't want to do it again. That means fear the Lord. You take your daddy in heaven, your above father, really seriously about what he say, his instruction, his warning, his correction. You take it seriously, and even you do that, you shall be a blessed man, a blessed woman. You shall be very happy. If we don't fear God as an individual, believe me, the lack of the fear of God gonna show up in our words, in our actions, and in our family, and the family gonna be in trouble. Let me read this scripture to you. In Psalm 84, verse 11, for the Lord God is a sun and shield; the Lord will give grace and glory. No good thing will he withhold from those who walked uprightly. The Bible is called God a sun. God is like the sun, and we are like the planet. 
the sun here and the planet have a orbit around the sun at 23 degree as long as the planet go around the sun in the right distance the planet will continue to flourish and survive the tree will grow the tree will produce fruit you will not die you will continue to have vitamin d in your body you need the sun to have vitamin d is that right that's why in seattle we need to take a lot of vitamin d because we lack the sun we we have light we have warm we need the sun to maintain and to bless the life on the planet earth if you want your life to be blessed and to have the light of god to have the warm heat from god you need to have the orbit around the sun in the gravitational pull of the sun but if you say no i don't need the sun I can get out into the universe, into the space, run away from the sun, out of the orbit of the gravitational pull. That planet gonna get into trouble. So please have God as the center of your life. Still keep running around God and ask God what I need to do. He should be the center of your life. He should be the center of your spouse. He should be the center of your children. I'm so glad to hear that my grandchildren read the Bible every night. They read so many books already. They read the book of Judges. They read the book of uh, Genesis. Oh, I'm so happy that their parents and their grandparents train them to read the Bible together every night. Learn the Bible. I want to tell you, happiness doesn't come from vacation. Happiness doesn't come from a big house with three car garage. Happiness doesn't come from what you have and where you live. Happiness comes from you have God as a center in your life. Happiness comes from the Lord. Amen. Amen. You need to stay in tune with God. Psalm 128 verse 2, I want to read from another version. When you eat the labor of your hands, you shall be happy and it shall be well with you. This is another translation. What does it mean? If God is the center of your life, you stick with God, you fear God, you love God, you repent, you follow, you obey Him. God has promises. Number one, God will take care of your fortune. Number two, God will take care of your feelings. Number three, God will take care of your future. The Bible says, if you are committed to God, you shall eat the fruit of your labor. God take care of your fortune. You're going to have enough money. You're going to enjoy. You can eat in a nice restaurant. You have food to eat. God will take care of you. And the Bible says that you shall be happy. God is going to take care of your feeling. You're going to be happy. And then the Bible says, it shall be well with you. God is going to take care of your future. This is a guarantee from God. This is a security. It comes from God. That's why we need to put God first. Sometimes, when we have family problem, the first reaction is to play the blame game. We blame our wife, we blame our husband, 
We blame our fathers and mother. We blame the church and the pastor. We blame everybody. But actually, instead of blaming people, we should ask ourselves, am I myself committed to God? Do I fear the Lord? Do I stand in awe before the Lord and I hate sin or not? Too many people blame others. But they don't stay in the gravitational pool of God, the sun, the planet that run away from God themselves. How many people have cameras? Raise your hand up. Now they almost everyone have cameras because you have camera in your smartphone. Camera is a very, very amazing instrument. You can take nice picture. You put picture in the frame and you can a nice picture come out for your memory. But a camera will not work well if it's not focused. Is that right? You can have very nice camera. You can put in the nice view but you don't focus that camera, the picture will come out bad. In the same way, if you are not focused on God, you focus on something else. Your life is not focused. You will be in trouble. You need to focus on God. God should be your focus. You need to have the right focus in your life. What is your focus? God. Amen? In order to have the right picture, number one, right focus. Number two, light. Where did the light come from? From God. He's the sun. So in order for your life to look beautiful, to be happy, what you need to do? Focus on God. And let God shine the light into you. And then your life will be beautiful. Your life will be so full of the blessing. If you focus on God, God will take care of the rest. If your camera has good focus, it will take care of the rest of the picture if it has enough light. Amen? Amen. Are you learning something? I try to encourage you from today on, focus on God. Have God as a center. I come to church not because I'm a pastor. I come to church because God is my center. Amen? Amen? I go to care group on Friday night not because I have to go. I go because God is my center. Because I seek God first. God come first in my life. Hallelujah. Verses 1 and 2. Verses 1 and 2. Let me read one more time. In Psalm 128, verses 1 and 2 say, Bless are all who fear the Lord, who walk in His way. So verse 1, talk about general idea. Everyone who fear the Lord. Then verse 2, talk specifically to you. You will eat the fruit of your labor. Blessings and prosperity will be yours. You can see the connection between verse 1 and verse 2. Verse 1, talk about people in general who have God as a center, who fear God. And now he say, you shall be blessed, you shall be happy, everything will go well if you do the first one. Why so many family got divorced? 
Why some people got married? I know somebody in my life at work. He got married only for one year, and then I saw him again in the operating room. I said, "How's your wife doing?" Oh, we divorced. Huh? One year? Oh, I could not stand her. I don't know who divorced who, but he, he said that way. He blamed the wife. I could not stand her. Now I'm happy. I'm single. Why so many people got divorced after two to three years, after, or after two to three months? You know why? Because they have no sustaining power to build a family. When you get married, you're going to face a lot of something that you don't expect, and you say, "Wow, I don't know this." That he go to bed without taking a shower. <laughs> he wear the same underwear for three months. A little bit more, more extreme, but it's true. Some people wear the same underwear for two days, three days. I don't know that. I rather divorce. I cannot stand here anymore. You know why? Because the reason you have to split quickly because you don't have the power that come from commitment with God to be able to forgive, to talk, to communicate. And to help your spouse to change, or you yourself change too. <laughs> you, both of you need to change. Both of you have problems, not just one side. So you need the power from God. If you start to listen to God and you start to hook up to God, He's going to give you the power to change your own self and to be able to sustain, to forgive, and to tolerate the weaknesses of your spouse. Amen. This is a story about a very world-class American boxer. This man went up on the airplane. I don't know what airline. He was sitting there, and the steward came to him. Oh, Mr. Ali, you need to put the seatbelt on. You know which, which one, Ali. <laughs> Mr. Ali say, I don't need a seatbelt. The Superman does not need the seatbelt. <laughs> the steward say this way. I agree, the Superman doesn't need the seatbelt, but the Superman does not need the airplane either. <laughs> Please put the seatbelt on. <laughs> so what I try to say is this: Don't consider yourself more than what you ought to look at yourself. We are all weak. We are all imperfect. We are all have shortcomings and things that we need to change. And when we two imperfect person marry each other, Pastor Dad, sometimes I don't know you are like this. <laughs> you see, so we 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 are not perfect. We are not Superman. We need God. God must come in. God must change us. God must change our spouse too. God must be the center of our life. We need to hook up to God. We need to fear God. Have a commitment toward God. If you are committed to God, you have no excuse of not making it. But if you are not committed to God, you are lucky if you make it. You will make it if you are committed to God. Your family gonna make it. Amen. 
Amen. Wow, I thought I gonna preach more than this. The time is over. Maybe I need to preach three Sundays. So today, the first principle. I need to stop the time. The first principle. Next Sunday we're gonna learn the second principle of how to build a happy home. First principle is, husband and wife, you need to commit your life to God. You need to have God as your son, S-U-N, center. You need to stay in the gravitational pool of God. You need to look to God, depend on His power. You need to repent and change, hate sin, and let God deal with you. If you commit to God, you're going to go to church every Sunday unless you are on call or something. You're going to read the Bible. You're going to go to care group. You're going to repent. You're going to allow the Word of God to change you. You keep growing, developing, changing. And if you do that, your family will be happy. Amen? You're going to have a happy home. That's what I have done for the past many years. After I got married with Pastor Da, I got saved very quickly, and God became the center of my life and the center of my home. God saved our marriage, no question at all. He saved our marriage; otherwise, I would be in trouble. So, I want to encourage you the same thing. No matter what background you have, no matter what kind of family you grew up in, maybe your dad didn't do well. Did not take responsibility. Maybe your dad abused your mom. Whatever, it doesn't matter. You start a new life. You say now I can focus on my new father. His name is Jehovah. He is my model. He's the best father. I'm gonna follow him. I'm gonna commit my life to him, and I'm gonna make a happy family. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you so much for teaching us. Biblical value, standard, ideal of how to build a happy home, Lord. We thank you, Lord, for giving us Psalm 128. Very good scripture to us. The promise that when we commit our life to you, we shall be blessed. Prosperity and blessing will be ours, and you shall protect us. You shall make us happy. We're going to be happy people. Building a happy home. Building a happy church. And our church is going to bring good things to the society and community, Lord. We believe, Father, that those who listen to this teaching will do what you say. From today on, all the men in this house, and all the men who listen to this teaching will repent and say, "God, I am serious now. I'm gonna follow you. I repent of my sin, the sin of doing wrong thing, and the sin of not doing the right thing. And all the ladies who listen to this teaching shall also say, "Lord." Besides, you work with my husband. You will work in me too. Thank you, Lord, in the wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.
if you are singles, you may not understand well because you are not married yet. I want to encourage you, single. Look for a godly spouse. Ladies or the young ladies in this room, don't look just at the handsomeness of the man. Look at his heart. Make sure that the man you're gonna date or marry to must be a man who fear the Lord. He need to show to you in action, not just with word. All the singles, I mean young single, all the older single, you may not marry, you may not have husband. Jesus is your husband. The father is your father. So. Don't look down on yourself. You can still enjoy life. Be happy to serve the Lord. Amen. Amen. We have only one life to live. One day we're gonna die. You know, lately I heard a lot of death because I come to the age of many friends that the dad and mom like turn eighty, ninety, hundred years old. So many death happen around me lately because of. Now at my age, I heard about death, and we know one day we're gonna die. Whether you're single or married, or married, live for God. One day you're gonna be in heaven, so don't waste your time. Build a church, preach the gospel, serve, get involved, do your best to store up your treasure in heaven. And if God wants you to marry at 65 years old, that's okay. God may bring a man to the church and love you and marry you at 65 years old. God can do anything. Amen? Amen. Hallelujah. So just focus on the Lord, and He will take care of you. Don't focus on the things of the world. Amen. Amen. Many of you may not know the Lord Jesus yet. Or you're not sure that you are really a born again Christian? I like to lead you to prayer, to start to commit your life to God. Why don't we pray together? How many people want to go to heaven? How many people want God to be the center of your house? Again, money will not make you happy. Believe me. Big house will not make you happy. Only God can make you happy. Give your life to Jesus. Pray with me, Father in heaven. I give my life to you, God. You love me so much. You are like the sun. I'm like the planet. I will connect to you. You are the center of my life. I focus on you, Lord. Oh Lord, forgive me of my sins. Of doing wrong things, forgive me, Lord, of my sin of ignoring doing the right things. Oh Lord, I believe Jesus, your Son, paid for my sin. Lord Jesus, please come into my life. You are my God and my Savior. From today on, I commit my life to you. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, Amen. 
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We're going to continue this sermon next time, next Sunday. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And don't forget to come to the revival service on this coming Friday if the weather permits. Amen. If you have anything in your life that you need the power of God to set you free in your marriage, maybe you're short-tempered, maybe you are uh, not uh, very patient with your spouse, we can believe God together, we can pray. Maybe you have a broken home now, you want God to restore your home, restore your relationship, we can pray together, amen. I will wait for you here if you want to be prayed for, otherwise you're free to go. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. We trust that this message is ministered to you. If you would like more information about New Hope International Church or other teaching CDs, please contact us at 206-275-1042. You may also visit our website online at www.newhopeinternationalchurch.com. Thank you.